0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
1: Not the prettiest of nights all the way around when it comes to great football, but the Miami Dolphins will absolutely take it. It's Chris Garland and Harry Douglas this morning. For Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by progressive insurance and all guests will appear via the Goodyear hotline harold anthony douglas the (laughs) fourth how are things? I'm
2: so sick of you Chris (laughs) we just started the show (laughs) we just started the show I'm doing well my man glad to be on with you you know you're one of my favorite hey before we start you know know what we
1: have to get out of the way Mm. you have your candle you have your candle? I do I have two separate candles this morning Harry the last time we spoke Um, was really uh, adamant about setting the mood. And so I wanted to ask you before I actually light the candle today, I have a caramel and sea salt candle, (laughs) and then I have another candle that is actually named Mantown. Ooh, oh, oh look my at wife you. gave me that one I, I don't know you, you trying to jump off the silla
2: fan this morning Chris my <laughs> goodness Chris jumping off the s fan well home. I mean as
1: opposed to you who's starting fire hazards in studios <laughs> but uh I will light whichever one you feel sets the proper mood for today's show I want you to light
2: was it called manhood you said man town man town I want you We're gonna take a trip <laughs> I want you I want you to like Town. I have my two back here. I have Mango and Peach there. Both of them are Mango and Peach uh, mixed together. Uh, hashtag everyone, if you're watching the show, free the candle.
1: <laughs> well, last night it was not a pretty night from the get-go for Ian Book in his first career start. For the Saints, pick six before you even blinked. Miami wins 20-3 to at New Orleans. The Dolphins are 100% in control of their playoff destiny as they sit in the seventh spot in the AFC right now. And the Saints, the Saints are going to need some help. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The biggest factor, though, Jalen Waddle, 10 catches last night for the Dolphins. And as impressive as could be on a lot of fronts, Tua Iloa talking about Waddle and what he brings to the offense. I think Waddle's
3: brought a lot. You can see that when they do try to cover Waddle, that he opens up other guys as well. So I would say he, he has a lot to do with the game plan, but, you know, you also got to have a game plan for
1: when they do decide to cover him. Yeah, the Dolphins are exceptionally creative in finding ways to get him the football, whether it's on that little inside shovel pass at the goal line mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, lining him up in the backfield some. Harry, I... I, I I really, it's been a while as he can set the rookie record for catches in a season. He's five short now of Anquan Bolden. He's got 96. It's been a while since we've seen a rookie receiver that has been able to come in and make this kind of an impact. But I think a big reason why is the Dolphins have found different ways to really employ him, especially when they have a quarterback who does not throw the football down the field. Yeah, I think it's important. And, when you have a talent like Jalen Waddle, who can play in the slot, who can go
2: outside, who can line up in the backfield, who can do it in returns, you just want to find ways to get him the football. And I think the Miami Dolphins they did, have done a great job of doing that. We've seen how electric he was at Alabama. Now we're seeing how electric he can be at the NFL level. But I love how they're using him. You give him a little shovel pass, and then not only that – You line them up in the backfield, and I love that because now defenses can't pinpoint and try to double Jalen Waddle because you don't know where he's going to line up. They give him screens, and not only that, he can run routes, actually run routes down the football field. But I think it's also a testament to Alabama and their history Um, I believe starting with Julio Jones when he was at Alabama and all the receivers that came after him. When these guys get to the NFL, Chris, they are NFL ready right now. It's not enough. Let's wait a year or two so these guys can get acclimated to the NFL game. No, they are ready to go the moment they step on uh, the field at at whatever organization drafts them.
1: Well, the other interesting thing here is the Dolphins become the first team in NFL history. (laughs) <laughs> to lose seven in a row and yes. win seven in a row Classic. in the same season. Now that's just that's that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. They open the season beating the Patriots. They lose seven in a row. They're 1 and 7 and now they're 8 and 7 and in control of their playoff destiny. It's just an absolutely bizarre situation, but I think it speaks to the head coach. I think it speaks to Brian Flores because so often, Harry, we talk about how The Belichick assistants just always seem to fail with one or two notable exceptions because they go and they try to be Belichick. They try to do the things that he does as a head coach, and they maybe lose some sense of being themselves in all of that. And you understand it, given his history and given his success. But Brian Flores has gotten that group to play hard for him and and believe that the season was not over at one and seven, and man, that speaks volumes about the job that he's done. Yeah, you see him right
2: now. They they uh, currently hold that seventh seed in the playoffs, and if they win out. They will go ahead and clinch a spot. Uh, but Brian Flores, I love what he's brought to the Miami Dolphins program. And I'll say, dating back to even last year, if this team has had would have had a prolific offense or offense that's been above average, they would have made the playoffs, I believe, um, this year. They, they, they already be in it. But you got to look at this, too. They have lost three games in the 2021 season on last-second field goals. They lost to the Raiders that way. They lost to the Jaguars that way. I think that game was over in London. And then they lost to the Atlanta Falcons uh, on a last-second field goal with Young-Way Koo. So if they just would have won one or two of those games, they will be sitting so, so right right now in the playoff standings. But still, at the same time, they are not out of the winning of the division they would need Buffalo to lose, too, and they would have to win out to, to clinch that division. But they're still they right where they want to be. They control their own destiny. And at the end of the season, a coach can only ask for, hey, we control our own destiny. Because you don't want it to be in everybody else's hands and count on this team to lose and all kind of wackiness to be going on and happening. You want it to be in your hands. So if you go out and you lose the game, you can blame nobody but yourself. But I love what this Dolphins football team is right now, especially defensively. When you can have guys like you have in the back end that can cover, and then now with your front seven you can do all kind of different things because you don't, you're don't you not worried about those guys getting beat deep. Listen, the luxury of having guys who can guard in the back end. You see the New Orleans Saints, they have that luxury. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have that luxury. You see the Kansas City Chiefs, that secondary has picked it up a lot. You can do a lot of different things up front with your front seven when you have the luxury of guarding man-to-man, a playing man-to-man coverage in your back end.
1: You know, the other thing with, with the Dolphins is, you know, I, I I get it, okay? Tua gets knocked quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I, under, I understand why. I don't know why it is, Harry, that I can't wrap my head around Tua being somebody that you're going to build around. And maybe it's unfair, but when I go and look, during this stretch, during this seven-game win streak, he's completed 74% of his passes. Now, yeah. he also hasn't thrown a pass over 15 yards. Now, for me, I just made up that second stat. But that's what it feels like. Yeah, I am about to say, Chris, he, he you're cannot, crazy. <laughs> he cannot throw the football down the field. And just as an example, Jalen Waddell has 96 catches, Harry. How many times during the pre-draft process did we did we hear the phrase, can take the top off the defense? Yeah, That's great, but not when you don't have a quarterback – who can't do it, he's got under a 1,000 yards with 96 catches. There's no way that somebody like Jalen Waddell should average under 10 yards a reception. Well, I just don't think he's the guy to build around. Well, I'll, I'll say, Chris, uh, to, to, to reply to that, I
2: think the organization needs to do a better job, too, of building around Tua uh Devontae Parker they have to get him more involved you sign Will Fuller and you was expecting him to be a guy to take the top off the defense he hasn't been out there for you as well then you have guys being injured in and out of the lineup um I think their young offensive line those guys need to step up step it up a lot more Tua got hurt the first time because that offensive line was so bad and got him hurt got him hit uh right so I, I think th- this is the th- these last seven games have been a building block for Tua um in this Miami Dolphins defense or I mean, this Miami Dolphins team, Whatever Tua came back and started playing, he's building, uh, he's building a momentum. And I think you can build around him, uh, but you just needed a starting point. And I think this win streak, this seven-game win streak is a starting point for Tua and the Dolphins. Now, I would love to see Tua push the football down the the field a lot more, but um, I don't think they really have that personnel right now. I understand Devontae Parker, he can get it done, uh, but they don't throw it down the field to him. And I don't know why they don't do that But getting Jalen Waller to football right now, I don't think that's a bad thing. You have the tight end. You have two of them. You have Gasecki, and and then you have Smite. You have two guys who can do it at the tight end position. And right now, I think they have three solid running backs, too. They just got to find a way to get
1: it down the field. This has been Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We are just getting started. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Up next, the Browns. They had a chance to cook up the fourth quarter comeback, and, well, it all went up in flames. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Well, Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN2.
0: Keyshawn, J. Well and Max, the podcast.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So, what's the word I'm looking for? Not good. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us via the Goodyear hotline Make sure you are a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You heard Aaron Goldhammer there from ESPN 850 in Cleveland. Uh, You can hear him here, I should say, explaining to us yesterday exactly why Baker is not the guy for the Cleveland Browns. Here's Aaron at some point in the NFL in
3: 2021, you have to throw the ball, whether it's this week or next week or the week after that, if you don't have any trust and faith in your quarterback to be able to throw the ball in a situation like that. I mean, I I don't care if you happen to win that one game, you're not going anywhere as a team. If you can't put the ball in your quarterback's hands and expect him to go down the field, the length of the field and win you a game. So you know, the Browns are steadfastly sticking by Baker, but I, I actually, th- this is sad to say, I had more confidence in the Browns practice
1: squad kicker on on Saturday than I did in Baker Mayfield. Look, <laughs> I mean, uh, doesn't that tell you everything? And, and listen. <laughs>
2: Chris, he said he had more confidence in the Browns practice squad kicker than he did in Baker Mayfield. That is hilarious. That's. Let crazy. me ask you
1: something. Is he wrong? No, hell no. He's not wrong at all. (laughs) not wrong whatsoever. See, this tells me everything, though, because I watch Baker play, and I get it. It was a particularly awful night throwing four picks the other night, okay? That's fine. I just don't see a guy, when you are making some of the mistakes that he makes now at this juncture of his career, that is ever going to lead you anywhere where you need to get. And this is a team... That, frankly, is built to win in the short term. You cannot waste the career or, or the, the prime of the career of a guy like Miles Garrett. And it just, that's what it feels like to me right now with the Cleveland Browns.
2: Well, Chris, I, I'll tell you this. And it's just, it's just hard for me to watch. When I watch those interceptions on Christmas Day, the first one... I don't know what Baker was looking at. Um, I think it was a deep over concept where one of the receivers have a deep over, and usually when you have a deep over, you have a post on the opposite side. So it's one high. That means it's a safety in the middle of the football field. Now, granted, the safety kind of tricked Baker a little bit and made him think he was about to cut the deep over route, but then he got back in the middle of the football field. So that ball should have never been thrown in the middle of the football field because pre-snap it told you, don't throw it there. And then the second interception is a play that – I've run a lot with, when I was with the Atlanta Falcons where you have a three-by-one set, three guys to the right side. The inside guy at number three, he's going to go 12 to 14 yards and hook up over the football. You're going to have your slot receiver Jarvis Landry, he's going to go up 12 to 14 yards and hook up inside the edge of the numbers, right? And then the outside guy will probably have an 18-yard comeback. So Jarvis Landry was was wide open. Baker just threw the football over his head. And I was like, what, what, what is going on here? And then the third interception, uh, I think kind of like a little, little – Little wheel concept, Jarvis Landry going down the sideline. He literally put his hand up for Baker to throw the football down the field. For some reason, Baker tried to back shoulder him uh, that whole ordeal. Jarvis falls down, he gets intercepted. So three interceptions, and I think three not-so-smart mistakes by, by Baker Mayfield. And you see the 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 – The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they capitalize on those things. That's the interception y'all seeing right now, Jarvis Landry being wide open. And this is the last one I was talking about. I just don't understand that. The Green Bay Packers, they go down and they score three touchdowns off of three of those interceptions. And then the last interception that Baker had, I don't put that on him. Um, I I thought it could have been a a pass interference call, but at the same time, it goes down in the stat book as an interception. Four interceptions in one game against the Green Bay Packers, and you still had an opportunity at the end to try to win it. But my problem is with that is Why in the hell is Kevin Stefanski putting the football in Baker Mayfield's hand at that point in juncture in the game when you had timeouts and Nick Chubb had has, has, it did uh, the, the run game ran for over 200 yards against the Green Bay Packers defense run the football don't put it in Baker's hand we seen it against the Kansas City Chiefs when you try to put it in Baker Mayfield's hand he's going to throw the interceptions he's going to turn it over he's not going to get it done so i don't know why they continue to put the football in his hand at, at, at that juncture in the ball game uh, when you had timeouts and you could have ran the ball uh, i think in that situation but Baker Mayfield the interceptions, I don't think they are any excuse. and I don't want people to sit up here and say Baker Mayfield's playing hurt. I don't care about all that because if you're out there in that football field and you're playing, uh, no one cares about you being hurt. I know the opposing team doesn't because if Baker goes out and throws for 500 yards, we're not going to talk about Baker Mayfield's hurt. We're going to talk about how excellent he was passing for 500 yards.
1: Yeah, and look, I, I have some empathy for that situation, but I'd exactly – agree on the notion if you're out there, you can't make excuses. But then the question really becomes when you consider that their defense is not bad. You know, it's they've got guys on that side of the ball that can do enough to win football games right now if you had better quarterback play. So who does the guy become? And who are you looking at? If I'm Cleveland, I am looking long and hard at trying to figure out If I can pry Derek Carr away from the Raiders, who only has one year left on his deal, if the Raiders are going to be looking to go in another direction, Harry, he's only making 19.8 next year. And if I had to give away a first-round pick to get Derek Carr and I felt like I had a chance to win, Derek Carr, with the Cleveland Browns, he absolutely can win there.
2: Yeah, I'll say Derek Carr and not just him. I'll say Kirk Cousins as well. And I understand Kirk Cousins has had his struggles in the National Football League. But Kevin Stefanski, their head coach and guy who calls their plays, he's very familiar with Kirk Cousins. And I think Kirk Cousins would be a major upgrade over Baker Mayfield because you got to look at it. you are, They have the pieces in place in it. Uh, with, with this football team, with the Cleveland Browns, defensively, offensively, they have everything in place. Right now they just need great quarterback play or a decent quarterback play. And what Baker Mayfield is presenting is not even decent quarterback play. He has 11 interceptions on the year, and I believe 16 touchdowns, that ratio was not good. So I think Derek Carr, Derek Carr would be good. The thing is, is that I don't know how happy Derek Carr would be in Cleveland because he's a West Coast guy. He's a West Coast guy. He likes Cali. He likes Vegas. He likes being on that side of the country. So, And then you got that cold weather in Cleveland. I don't know if he wants to go play in that, um, mainly uh, at the end of November, December, and January football. So I think Kirk Cousins is the best bet because he's been with Stefanski already in Minnesota. Uh,
1: so that's where I'll go with it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. My only thing about Carr is, you, it, at the moment at least, you can keep it not about him having to make that decision.
2: Yeah, because you're trading for him. Yeah,
1: and yeah. look, I get you'd be giving away a first-round pick to get him. It's but working. if they actually felt like they had a chance to win next year, which they should, they should absolutely feel that way with the right quarterback in place, it's worth it to me to take a shot, and then I'll figure out my quarterback situation long term. And if I'm Carr, that's going to be my best chance to win since I've been in the league well, if I, mean, I go if, there. If, if,
2: if Cleveland's in win-now mode, you, you don't worry about giving up a first-round draft pick for Derek Carr. Right, because you have the roster to win now, right? That's basically what we've seen the Los Angeles Rams do. They said, "The hell with these draft picks and all this." We're in win now mode. We got to win at this juncture in 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 our in our uh, in our season, in our uh, organization's career. We we got to win now. And I think the Cleveland Browns, if you have to give up a first round draft pick to get another quarterback, a quarterback that will upgrade over Baker Mayfield, I think it's a no brainer. You you have no hesitation in doing so.
1: Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in this morning for the fellas. Well, one other quarterback that we haven't mentioned here that the Browns could be looking at, well, now dealing with somewhat of a significant and unexpected injury. That comes right after Harry tells us about this from Straight Talk. Cutting the
2: price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering $45 silver unlimited plan with five gigabytes of hotspot, a nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 silver unlimited plan from Straight Talk Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G compatible device required. Actually availability, coverage, and speed may vary.
0: Must be 21-plus plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Chris Carlin along with Harry Douglas. It is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. ESPN Plus and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. That was a rough, rough break for the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured in the game on Thursday night. And now they have to turn to trey lance the rookie from north dakota state harry and this is this is an exceptionally unfortunate situation for the forty niners who have won five of their last seven despite the loss the other night they had been playing really really good football and this is gonna hurt as far as their chances in making the postseason
2: yeah they was playing some great football until you've seen jimmy g turn the football over down in the tight red zone and then out in the open field well, when he overshot one of the receivers and it got picked off by hooker of the Tennessee Titans. But, yeah, this is a huge blow for this team. But I will say this, Trey Lance, I think he's been preparing and been waiting for this moment. The last time we seen him start was against the Arizona Cardinals, and they lost that game 17-10. to He had 192 yards and threw an interception, but he ran for 80, 89 yards. Now, when you incorporate Trey Lance, now that's going to make the Houston Texans' job defensively that much harder because now you have to account for him in the run game. So the, the San Francisco 49ers will be a plus one in the run game. But here's the thing. Kyle Shanahan wants his young quarterback to protect the football, not throw, not get turnovers, don't fumble, don't throw interceptions, um, be able to convert third downs, and I think this team will be okay because I think they have the pieces around Trey Lance. I think they have – guys who are I call star players who could do a multiplicity of different things and then they have a decent enough defense except on the back end the back end worries me a lot for this for this team but they are going against the Houston Texas Brandon Cooks I don't think he played the last game for the Texans and I don't think they just have a bona fide guy out there who can just dominate like that uh, like you've seen a AJ Brown did against them in their secondary so I think they should be in good standings don't turn the football over convert third downs and if you can create turnovers on your defense I think they'll be
1: okay now on the flip side with Lance um, just in terms of his ability to win. I talked to guys who are around him in college and the feeling was very much the same across the board. He's a great young player. He just had not played nearly enough in college to be able to go in, especially when you're on the FCS level to go in and play a lot early with the 49ers. And we saw that. I mean, we saw when they were, kicking that around, and and Jimmy G playing well enough this year had really taken that off the table, but Lance was not ready for this. But I am curious now, after watching for 15, 16 weeks, how does this look, in addition yeah. to that start, how does this look now with Lance this far into his rookie year having not played, but maybe have a better understanding of how this offense is going to run. That's what I'm most curious about. I love the fact that he can run the ball. That's awesome. And that can make up for other shortcomings. Harry, how are they, you know, how is it going to be when they're blitzing him and he has no idea where it's coming from? You know, See, I know it's the test. That's the thing, but Chris. Hey, they that's just the went and
2: won this past week. Yeah, that's the thing with these young quarterbacks. And you even seen Patrick Mahomes say he, uh, earlier this year that last year he was still learning coverages and whatnot. And think about that. Think about how good he's been. But when you're guy rookie, had already won an MVP, yeah, and he's still learning coverage. Exactly. When you're a rookie, and we've seen it with Ian Book last night, we've seen the Miami Dolphins defense throw all kind of things at Ian Book, and he was a deer in the headlights when he's seen different coverages. He's the post snap stems by the defense, you think it's going to be one high, it ends up being cover two. You see the uh, the linebackers mugged up in the A-gaps, you think they're coming, the offensive line th- thinks they're coming, so they're blocking a certain way, then they buzz out and bring guys from other different directions and blitzes from depth. So, you have all those things you have to account for, but he has had time. He has had time to, to go through those things. He t- has had time to see what it looks like with, with Jimmy G being out there and Jimmy G being a great role model for him or a guy that he can look up to and go to for, for different things. Um, I, but I, I just think we're going to see in this game against the Houston Texans, and I'll tell you, David Cully and, and, and the Houston Texans team defensively, if they don't throw everything at, at Trey Lance, and they're just crazy because you have to test and see, has he, has he grown? Has, where's his growth? Has he adapted hmm. to the NFL game? Uh, where's this growth in, in, in that capacity of, uh, as far as reading defenses and, and deciphering things that the defense is trying to do. And I'll tell you this, man, when, when you're trying to decipher coverages, safeties can tell you everything you need to know. That's what that's what a coach taught me early on. Safeties tell you everything you need to go. Safeties a link because safeties can't hold too long because if they can, they'd be out of position. If you can read those safeties the right way and understand fronts and what runs you need to get into, I think he'll be okay. But we're going to sit against the
1: Houston Texans this weekend. You know, Here's Kyle Shanahan, and this this answer. Take a good listen to this, and let me know what this tells you from a head coach speaking about how Lance has looked in practice.
0: This last month of Trey has been his best consecutive four weeks of practice um, since we've had him. Um, You know, he's he's had a number of good days and he's had some bad days, like most guys do. But as far as his consistency and stuff, I feel this last month has been his best.
2: Ah. That doesn't make me feel good. oh uh, uh, well, he can't be coming out loud saying that though. Like I, I would know, but he said it. He said I know, it no, you can't you can't you can't say it out loud. Mm-hmm, but he
1: did. <laughs> I know. But he did. Look, I, I wouldn't feel great about that. I wonder if the 49ers if, if in fact he is done for the year, Garoppolo. I, mm-hmm. I wonder if their playoff hopes have just been a sabotage, so to speak. Sabotage. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so because
2: they are playing in Houston, Texas. Granted that Houston, Texas just went out and beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And we don't know what kind of football team they want to be. One week they want to be uh, Dr. Jekyll. The next week they want to be Mr. Hyde. And they got Justin Herbert to turn the football over. And they ran the football um, uh the Houston Texans down down the Chargers' throat, and they haven't been good against the run. But when you look at the San Francisco 49ers team, if they can get past the Houston Texans, then it sets up the last game of the year, the showdown with the Los Angeles Rams, a team that they already physically imposed their will on earlier this year with the run game. And like, like, listen, like Kyle Shanahan said, Trey Lance just has to take care of the football. Take care of the football, and I think one of the things I thought he needed to learn early on too, Chris, is that how to throw certain passes, right? Some passes can't be 100 miles per hour. You have to put some touch on it, right? It's different different launch angles and, and things of that nature. Early on, he was trying to throw every ball 100 miles per hour. And being a former wide receiver,
1: we don't like every ball coming 100 miles per hour.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is going to bear watching for sure. And then there's the other situation in the NFC West. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in for KJ and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Matthew Stafford, I talked about this yesterday. I am a huge Matthew Stafford and Rams guy. I've been a big believer in Stafford since he went over to join McVay and realized that it was going to uh, be such a a, a very positive situation for the Rams and for Stafford. But, Harry, in talking to people earlier this year, they all said the same thing to me from people who are out there. This is going to look great when it looks great. But when it doesn't look great, it's going to look really bad. And it's (laughs) going to get away from you. And the other day, it looked exceptionally bad. Three interceptions in the first half. But before I let you get into this, we've got to hear our guy Dan Orlovsky from yesterday. Because Uh Dan, as we know, (laughs) is a big Matthew Stafford guy. And perhaps... Perhaps a little too big of a Matthew Stafford guy play. It.
3: Little concern about Matthew Stafford. I have little concern about yesterday's football game. I could not care less about the three interceptions. It's Christmas weekend. It's a ten o'clock kick for this football team. They just went through like a month of COVID chaos. I, I like, just w- find a way to win the game. I don't care about the interceptions. Find a way to win this football game with the with everything that you have gone through. Now, if you want to tell me this, the Rams are a Super Bowl contender, and the biggest question is, do you believe that Matthew Stafford can play the best four-game stretch ever in his career for them to win? That's a fair question. I think he can.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Listen, I love Dan, and and Dan's about as good as it gets, but he he would even admit his relationship (laughs) with Matthew Stafford can color his opinion a little bit, and as much as I think Stafford is a great fit for the Rams, and I still believe in their ability to do something in the postseason. Harry, the other day, I'm not letting that go, and I'm not saying he's in big trouble here, but I'm saying I'm worried about that one god-awful game in the playoffs. Yeah, and and you've seen him
2: early in the year playing against the Tennessee Titans. Matthew Stafford throwing interceptions and turning the football over cost him that football game, uh, along with him getting sacked and the offensive line not being good. You look at this game this past weekend, right? Matthew Stafford had three interceptions. And if the Minnesota Vikings offensively weren't weren't so stale, they were playing uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Dallas Cowboys football team, they would have got blown out this weekend. Yes, the Los Angeles Rams would have. But the first drive of the game on the third play of the game, Matthew Stafford should have had another interception. The DB, Dantzler for for Minnesota, dropped the football right before halftime with about 20-something seconds to go. Cooper Cup lines up in the backfield. They try to sneak him out, uh, send him to the end zone. Patrick Peterson falls off of that, tips the ball in the end zone to the nickel defender. He drops that football. So that's two more interceptions that Matthew Stafford should have had in that ballgame against the Minnesota Vikings. So am I concerned? Yes, I'm concerned because not only did – Les Snead and Sean McVay bring Matthew Stafford over because they thought he was a winning piece, they let go Jared Goff. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. And two first-round
1: picks. Yeah.
2: I I think the pressure is on Matthew Stafford to perform for this football team, not just right now, but in the playoffs. Because if he has a game like he had against the Minnesota Vikings, and and let's, let's be honest now, Most of these teams that's going to be in the playoffs, their offenses are going to to be thriving. They have guys that can make plays, and you're not going to have them uh, being as stale as the Minnesota Vikings were. You're
1: going to be in trouble, bottom line, point blank, period. I think they could be in big trouble in in just one of those spots where it can get away from Stafford, because I don't think it's throw one pick and, all right, we got that out of the way, let's just – I think it can spiral on him – Pretty quickly. Well, the Rams well, Chris, are one in, in, in of In the playoffs,
2: four, Chris, one pick can cost you the ballgame yep. in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Rams are one of four 11 win teams in the league. So we are asking this morning at Keyshawn J. Well and Max on Twitter, which 11 win team do you trust the most? Be a part of Keyshawn J. Well and Max Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us at 888 CSA ESPN. That's 888 three seven seven six ESPN nation presented by doctor pepper college football bowl season is here fans are hyped return to glory with fans we know, by dr. pepper the one fans deserve a natural transition from 111 win team to a 10 loss team pulls <laughs> gun lifts
3: his right leg moves to his right Checking it, throw it back in the end zone, catch made, and he couldn't hang on. They're going to say it's good for the two-pointer, and the Bears have the
1: lead, 25-24 here in Seattle. I was impressed, and I don't know how you couldn't be, Harry Douglas, by the Bears coming back and winning that game in Seattle. What a catch by Berta, said that yesterday on the two-point conversion. Just absolutely phenomenal, hey. and a great, great win on the road, but... I think we all know what's coming. We all know where it's headed oh, for the yeah. Chicago Bears at this point. Do we not? Well, Matt Nagy was asked flat out yesterday, you ready to go for these last two games? Or are you expecting <laughs> to be the head coach? I mean, think about this. He's it's asked crazy. if he's expecting to be the head coach for the next two games for the Chicago Bears.
0: I and we all owe that to each other uh, for today and for this week with the Giants. And, uh, and, and finishing out this week um, on, a, on a high note trying to get a win and then doing it again in the final game of the season. So to answer your question, um, nothing nothing has changed as far as communication that way.
3: Matt, just clarifying on that And are, are you working under the assumption that, that you will coach out the, the remaining
1: two games? Yes. Yeah, no, no, I'm uh, not. I'm looking forward to a nice little weekend. <laughs> you know, we got a lot going on. I'm going to get fired tomorrow. Go to Home Depot, <laughs> maybe Bed Bath & That's, that's, and that's what I'm sure saying. not sure if we're going to have time. I don't get it, Chris.
2: Like, if he hasn't been fired up to this point, why would he get fired before the last two games of the year?
1: <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I, the only thing I can think of is if the Bears wanted to start interviewing people now, there's the new rule in the NFL that you uh, can start interviewing assistants this week. But that's on, if man. you've two already damn, fired That's two coach. damn
2: weeks, Chris. I, you, they can wait two weeks. I, I would it's think not, so. It's not like they're going to the playoffs. They ain't do, they, going to the do they gain playoffs?
1: anything at all, Harry? By firing Matt Nagy now? No, they ain't nothing whatsoever. Uh, the only thing I would
2: say is that I, I do feel like, and you know, I, I don't like to say people should get fired or anything like that because I respect everybody in their craft and I know they go hard and. Uh, they try to do the best that they can do. I do feel like the, the Chicago Bears need to move on in a different direction uh, so you can uh, start the growth of Justin Fields and, and what this what his future and the future of the Bears can be. You have solid guys on defense. You see what Robert Quinn is doing this year, having a hell of a year, a franchise year, um, I'll say, in the Chicago Bears organization. So you, you Khalil Mack's not even playing right now. You have two solid uh, linebackers, and Roquan Smith, Danny uh, Trevathan, Trevathan. Uh, I I think you have pieces. Akeem Hicks, I think he is a grown man. Physical. Don't care nothing about who he's playing offensively. He's going to bring that boom, bring that pain every play he's out there on the football field. So they have some pieces. Uh they just got
1: to just got to get the right guys in there to get the best out of this offense. You know, Robert Quinn's the guy that nobody in the nobody who follows the NFL outside of Chicago even realizes that he has 17 sacks this year. Definitely. I mean, that that's how good he has been. <laughs> For the Bears, and at the same time, they have to figure out if it's not going to be Matt Nagy, which we know that it won't be, who is it going to be moving forward? I'm going to throw out a name to you Mm -hmm. that has been floated, and I would not be shocked to see it happen. And I'll tell you why in a sec Ryan Day, Mm. head coach at Ohio State. And the reason is not just because of the Justin Fields connection. Just in talking to people around coaching, the feeling is basically that Ryan Day's style of coaching and his system offensively is exceptionally close uh, close to what the NFL, like it would be an easy transition, I should say, yeah. for him into the NFL. I, I don't know if he wants, I don't think you would want to leave Ohio State, but at the same time, um, that'd be a heck of a challenge and it would be with somebody that you're very familiar with. So I'll say this about Ryan Day. I had a chance
2: to go up to, um, to Columbus this, this year with Countdown to College Game Day and the Game Day crew um, as we had uh, Game Day up there in Columbus, Ohio. And being around that, that facility and that, organization, and that program, I, I think it's one of the top ones in the, in, in the country. Um, everybody up there is so welcoming, and you see why a lot of players commit to Ohio State because of the atmosphere, the culture that they have up there. Uh, Ryan Day has done a great job taking over for Urban Meyer when Urban Meyer uh, uh, no longer was the head coach there. Uh, I, I think he's done a tremendous job with players and their development. I think he's created a great culture, a winning culture, a positive culture. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock Ryan Day going to the Chicago Bears to coach Justin Fields and the rest of those
1: guys. Okay, so if you're the Bears and we're not outside of uh, Ryan Day, mm-hmm. are you looking for the next? hot offensive assistant Has to, to be. bring there? Has you, to be. You know, Eric Bieniemy, somebody like that. Who are you looking at?
2: Has to be an offensive guy in my mind because of the, the quarterback, Justin Fields. And you want him to grow uh, to be a franchise changer, right? And, and that's the thing. I I just don't think Justin Fields was able to grow the way that he should have in his first year. Now, he made some progressions, but I think with, with Coach Nagy as his head coach, I didn't think he, he made the, the strides that he could have made in his rookie season. So I think you have to go offensive guy just because of who you drafted in the first round last year. And that's Justin Fields and his growth moving forward. All right.
1: Here's another one to throw you. Talk to me. It's a little out there. Talk to me. Trading for a head coach. Talk to me. Sean Payton. Ooh. Grew up in Illinois. Ooh. Went to Eastern Illinois. Maybe. Um, after 15 years in new Orleans, Mm. new opportunity, young quarterback, I'm not saying it is going to happen, but (laughs) if you're the bears, would you trade for a head coach? Keep in mind, they already don't have a first round pick this year. They traded it this past year to get fields. Um, if I had to trade for Sean
2: Payton, hell to the yes, because Sean Payton, you, you look at his history, his, his history speaks for itself. Yeah. He's a quarterback guru, offensive guy. You've seen the relationship him and Drew Brees have for so long. Uh, you've seen what he's been able to do with the guys at the quarterback position this year. And they aren't playing well, but – uh, in New Orleans, they're down there holding on by a shoestring because the quarterback, the lack of uh, the talent at the quarterback position, I should say, because when Jameis Winston went down, that just went downhill, uh, spiraling downwards f- for this New Orleans Saints football team. They still have a defense. Chicago Bears have a defense. Uh, but the, the, I think the main thing here, the luxury, is that you have a Justin Fields up there. And you have Mooney. You have, uh, you have other guys on that offense who can make plays too. So uh, I don't think that would be a, 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 bad, a bad swap.
1: I don't think it would be a bad swap either, but it's just what the compensation looks like. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Because if you're Peyton, you don't want to go there and then have no draft picks to work with either. Now, having said that, the team that really should be looking at Sean Peyton, and they're not, they're going to stay put, is the Giants. I think Sean Peyton and the Giants would be an ideal marriage and let him come up and run that organization because they understand that they're – Uh, Moving on from Dave Gettleman, it's just they're sticking with Joe Judge for right now. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, in for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, of course, on Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. Coming up, his current team, Peyton's current team was on Monday night. Helped set an NFL record. That's Keyshawn J. Will and Max.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast.